Today we're about to go deeper. Yesterday we began by asking and answering what is the kingdom of God and how can a man enter the kingdom of God. Listen, what we are doing is so important. Praise the Lord. It's like my daughter is shouting as she recognizes her too. But she's the one shouting seriously at the back. Praise the Lord. Yeah, maybe you are recognized. Amen. What exactly is the kingdom of God and how do you enter it? Especially how do you enter it? Yesterday, when I was explaining that you enter the kingdom of God by grace, the way some of you were looking at me, I, I was wondering. Listen, this is very serious. It's something the entire world needs to hear. There are some people that believe that the way to enter the kingdom of God is to go somewhere, take a bomb, swallow it, detonate it, explode themselves, kill other people, and that is how they will enter the kingdom of God. Do you know that there are more than a, a million people? In fact, there are more than a billion people in the world that believe that. Do you know that? Are you with me? There are more than a billion people that believe that if they go somewhere, explode themselves, and kill others, that is how they will enter the kingdom of God. Do you know? Some people have been told that the way to enter the kingdom of God is to mark out Saturdays and Sundays of their life, wear a white dress, and go barefooted. And they believe it with all their life. Do you know? I know you are quiet now. Can I tell you something? One of the challenges people have with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is that it's simple. The Bible says to the Greeks, it's a stumbling block because of their wisdom. When Jesus says, believe in me, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. As simple as that is. <laughs> Those of you who come around or who attend New Breed, that statement, you know, we have taught here for 10 hours on that statement. It's more serious. Listen, this is the oppression of God revealed to man. Are you with me? I want to beg you, open up your hearts. No matter how young you are, you are not too young. Are you hearing me? And no matter how old you are, you are not too old. Praise the Lord. So, no matter your age grade, no matter where you are, this message is for you. So, yesterday we are showing that the way to enter the kingdom of God is by the grace of God. Simply by putting faith in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And we went into deeper matters on that yesterday. Let me read a story just to buttress what we did yesterday and move on for today. Luke chapter 15. Some people believe that the way to enter the kingdom of God is to refuse to eat sardine. (laughs) 
Some believe that if I don't wear an earring, and if I tie a scarf, and if I stop wearing trousers, that's the key to the kingdom of God. And I said, listen, do you know how flawed that is? The clothes you are talking about, eh, that will help you enter the kingdom of God, they came as a result of the fall. Because Adam and Eve lived in the glory of God without clothes and did not know that they were naked. Oh my God. Let me tell you something about religion. If the, if the truth of Christ is not revealed, because of the hunger people have for God, somebody can believe a lie and think he's believing the truth. Have you tried to evangelize to a Muslim before? They believe that this is the right thing. They believe. So if the truth of God is not explained to you, some of you do not even do evangelism. They'll say, I don't go for evangelism because I don't know what to say. If you really believe the message, if you understand the message, something will happen to you. Are you with me? And that's why we put this camp meeting together to, for once, come out and explain what exactly is God's kingdom. How does God's kingdom function? How do you work in God's kingdom? Listen, people have been in God's kingdom. They've been around the kingdom of God for years. They don't even understand anything. And sometimes they have issues. And so please, I want to beg you. Take this whole camp meeting. If you missed yesterday, please go and watch it. Buy food. eh? Take an earpiece and relax and listen. It will change your life. Amen. So Luke chapter 15. Just to buttress yesterday's teaching on the grace of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Luke 15 verse 11. The Bible says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. Now, for you to understand this parable, you need to begin from chapter 1. So let's do chapter, chapter, Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. Then we jump to verse 11. Can we do it together? So Luke 15, verse 1 and 2. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Pay attention to this. How many people came? The publicans and the sinners for to hear him. Verse 2. Verse 2, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. This is the context. These two verses explains the remaining part of this chapter. Are you with me? Verse 3. So, he began to tell them parables, and he spoke this parable saying unto them. The first parable there was actually the man that had hundred sheep. One was lost, and the shepherd left 99 to look for the one that was lost. And he went home with the one that was lost. <laughs> that parable does not make natural sense. How can you have 99 sheep? One was lost. You left 99 without a shepherd. <laughs> And went to look for one that was lost. It doesn't make logical sense. So, he says, he went, picked that one that was lost, 
Oh my God. Verse 5. And he went and he found it. He laid it on the shoulder rejoicing. And he cometh home. Verse 6. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends. And neighbors saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7. I say unto you that likewise George shall be in heaven. Everybody read verse 7 together. One, two, three, go. Are you seeing this? So now, we now understand why he left the 99. He says, I see unto you that likewise George shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. More than over 99 just persons with no repentance. He was mocking the Pharisees. Are you following me? The Pharisees thought they were good enough. They did not need Jesus. But the publicans and sinners looked at themselves and said, we are sinners, we need help. Let's go to Jesus. So, he was figuratively explaining to us in that parable that those 99 he left, eh? anything that happened to them, they are on their own. Anytime a man thinks he's good enough to be saved by his own merits, by his own strength without Jesus, he's like the 99 without a shepherd. Are you hearing me? This thing saved by grace is not a new revelation. It is what Jesus has been trying to say ever since. If you don't get to the point in your Christian journey, see, your Christian journey will begin when you see that on your own, you are helpless. That you need him. After me, I need you, Lord. And the parable goes on. The next one, it talks about the woman that had one coin missing and she had to sweep and sweep till she found that one coin. The next one, because of our time, I'll just summarize it, was about the two prodigal sons. I know you want to say the one prodigal son, but there were two. And I'll explain why. So, the younger son misbehaved. He took his inheritance. In fact, for him to ask for his inheritance, that means he wanted the man to die. He took his inheritance, went and squandered it. And one day, hunger gave him sense. He said, I need to go back. I'll see my father. And I'll tell him I want to be a servant and all that. He went, the father looked at him and said, he didn't, the father did not even allow him to talk. He said, I have sinned against thee and before heaven. Before he could say the other part, the father said, bring the best robe. Put it on him. That's the message for some of you. You are running from God, but God is running to you. You want to come close to God and take the things of God serious. The devil will now come and say, what if God starts reminding you of the things you've done? What about this? What about that? Stop running. God is waiting for you. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The elder son came and heard the rejoicing. Oh, and he's like, what's going on? They said, your brother is back. Oh. That stubborn boy has finally come back. And they're rejoicing like this. In fact, I'm not going in. That anger that somebody else got saved, eh? That was making him to reject what the father was doing, left him outside the kingdom. In the end of the story, the firstborn was outside. So after me, we are saved by grace. God does not want us to boast about what we can do without him. Praise the Lord. I know I have to teach you that again for some people to still understand, but I will move on today. Praise the Lord. So, part two, how do you enter the kingdom of God? Saturday me by the Spirit. Saturday me by the Spirit. John chapter 3. Father, we thank you. Glory! John chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Every time I read this verse, chills go down my spine. He says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is so important. Don't dare you hear this and say, I'm coming for that. I don't understand that. I beg Tell me something else. Listen. <laughs> Somebody came for a meeting and said, these things they are preaching is too simple. Give me depth. Give me depth. Give me depth. And I said, you don't know that. The depth of a tree is the root of the tree. Do you hear what I just said? If you want to go to the depth of a tree, it is the roots. The very foundation of that tree is the depth of the tree. The depth of Christianity is at the foundations of Christianity. Did you hear what I just said? Except a man be born again, he cannot see. There are many people in church, they are struggling with the things of God. You know why? They can't see. And the reason they can't see is because they are not born again. When we make instructions, they argue. All these arguments up and down. Tight, no tight, this one, that one. You, you just see blindness over people who have been around church but not in God. This is serious. Except the man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Read on. Verse 4, everybody. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6. I'm coming here for verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Look at the emphasis. He says, don't be surprised I'm saying unto you. Meaning there is no way around this thing. There is, you can't dodge it. Are you with me? There is no option. You must be born again. Verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. That means being born of the Spirit ushers me into the supernatural life. Have you really experienced the supernatural life? If I wanted to tie to this thing, I would have called it your wake-up call to the supernatural. So first of all, let's look at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. You can imagine the amount of inner struggle. He was a man of means, a rich man. The amount of struggle would have taken him to say, Lord, see, I need to come. I need to go and ask him. Maybe you are hearing me online and on site. And you are a rich man, you are a big man, or you are a big woman, or whatever. Look at Nicodemus. You know, what pains me sometimes, when I even see young people, young people, though, they are too big for God. It, it, it baffles my head. Do you know who God is? See, in this camp meeting, your eyes will be open to see. He says, being born again is the access code to be able to see, to understand, to comprehend the kingdom of God. And then... Nicodemus asks, how can a man be born again? Will he enter into his mother's womb the second time? And Jesus says in verse 5, verse 5, everybody. Now, let me debunk this verse. This is one of the verses people used to say, water baptism, 
and spirit baptism. But it's not true. He said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. If you look at that verse, the office in brackets. Are you seeing what's there? That means in the original Greek, it wasn't there. If you have an authorized King James, those old King James, you will see except a man be born of water and of the spirit. The and and the office. When you see stuff like that, you pause. So what's he trying to say here? So let me read the actual thing. Except a man be born of water, which is the spirit. Are you hearing me? Except a man be born of water, which is the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What am I trying to show to you? I'm trying to show you the emphasis of the spirit in the kingdom of God. How important it is to embrace the work of the spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Except the man be born of water, which is the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And to explain it, see the next verse Jesus gave us. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He did not say, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the water and of the spirit is spirit. Is that what he said? From verse 6, he has already shown us that the water is the spirit. Say amen. So now he's showing us. That to be born again actually means to be born of the Spirit. What does it mean to be born again? It's to be born of the Spirit. Say, I mean to be born of the Spirit. Say, I mean born of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. I like that phrase, born of the Spirit. It's saying, the Spirit gave birth to you. Hey, say, I be the Spirit born me. So let me show you four verses in the New Testament that emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit in entering the kingdom of God. So, the first one, Ephesians 2 from verse 18. Ephesians 2 verse 18. Remember, it's Christ in Martian camp. We are immersing ourselves. Are you with me? Into the truth. Everybody, Ephesians 2, 18. 1, 2, 3, go. Read verse 19. It's just because it's sweet. Verse 19. <laughs> hey! It's because of scriptures like this we sing, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. This is the biggest thing in God's kingdom that you are his child. Therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. Sky. When I come to God's presence, God does not look at me. Who is this? Who be this? No, when I come, he says, come boy. Come. Say, I'm not after me. I'm not a stranger. I'm not a stranger to God. I am part of the household of God. He says in verse 18, for through him, he's talking about Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday we saw that through Christ we have access. Remember, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And we have access into this grace. Are you with me? Remember that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. But here is adding something else. He said, for through him, we both have access by one spirit. So, Christ is the way, he's the truth and the life. When you believe in him, you are a child of God, but how do you really experience it? It is by the Spirit. Are you with me? Sometimes you have access by one Spirit. Hallelujah. Titus 3 verse 5. Put on the aces now. Titus 3 verse 5. It says, not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. See, there are verses that people have not heard. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Focus, focus. 
Praise the Lord. If you are with your Bibles, I know we are in tech generation. If you are with your Bibles, Titus 3 verse 5, not Sardine, Titus 3. The woman that came out and said, if you are still eating Titus, you are going to hell. Tell her to read the real Titus. Everybody, Titus 3 verse 5, what does it read? But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Oh my God. That phrase, oh my, shout glory first. That phrase, the washing of regeneration, is a, is a series on its own. Meaning, when he was regenerating you, it was a washing. He was doing a washing and a rebirth at the same time. And he told you, it's not by works of righteousness. Are you seeing the emphasis on salvation by grace? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. So that means God does not look at a person and say, okay, you, ah, you are such a nice guy. You have to enter the kingdom of God. You are such a good guy. This is your access into the kingdom of God. Our works of righteousness is not a criteria to enter the kingdom of God, but it's a result of us who are in the kingdom. When you come into the kingdom, he gives you his righteousness that makes you walk in righteousness. If you can walk in righteousness by your own strength without the kingdom, it is called morality, not his righteousness. Morality will not take any man to heaven. Because that one, the Bible says, it's even like a filthy rag. Are you hearing me? It is not the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing here that even the new birth, being born again, is by the Holy Ghost? Are you seeing it? Why is this important? There are some people in church today, they say things like this. I believe in Jesus. But you see all this spirit, 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 spirit thing. If, you're, if you have heard what I'm talking about, raise your hand. Anything spirit, I don't know. Me, I'm a Christian, no, I'm a nice person. But you see all these Holy Ghost, all those Holy Ghost people, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, I'm not. We are not the one that made it. It is an orthodox faith. Christianity is orthodox. Meaning there is a pattern passed down to us by Jesus and holy apostles. Are you with me? Our job is not to reinvent it, but to study what they gave us and present it clearly to a new generation. Are you with me? Sometimes by the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I've been washed by the Holy Ghost. I've been renewed by the Holy Ghost. Glory! Sometimes the washing of regeneration. Oh, the washing of regeneration. When he gave me a new gene, oh, he washed me at the same time. When he gave me a new gene, he washed me at the same time. Generations from that word gene. Are you with me? That gene. So there is something that God carried. And he wanted to mass produce it in men. So he made one man, Jesus Christ, that if anybody comes into him, that same DNA in God would have been infused into you. It was done by the spirits. The washing of regeneration. As, and he's, as he's doing it at that same time, listen, what? oh my God, that verse, some people think Christianity is, I am A. When I get born again, I am still A, but I don't do bad things. That's, that's making a new turn, not Christianity. Colossians 1 verse 12. Let me show you. Because we read it yesterday. Colossians 1 verse 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had done what? <laughs> you should have shouted glory. <laughs> he did not say he delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. He said he translated us. What's the use of translation? Are we, are we language? Why translation? It's because he did something to us. Remember the words of Jesus. Except a man be born again. 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Remember. So when a person gets born again, God does something to you that makes you different. On entering to the kingdom of God, you must be regenerated. Say amen. amen. Let me move on because of time. The next one. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. Everybody read, for by one spirit. And I've been all made to drink into one spirit. Say after me, one spirit. Say after me, one spirit. Say after me, one spirit. The, 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 the Bible is such an adventure. Say two spirits, one spirit. How one spirit can take all of us and still be one spirit? For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Meaning, how do you come into the body of Christ? The spirit immersed you inside. The spirit baptized you inside. Let me explain that. So Christ died. He was buried. He resurrected and went to heaven. How does that connect with you? How can somebody die? A Rumukrushi. <laughs> they said he was buried. He resurrected. And ascended. And they said because of him your sins have been paid for. How? So this is what baptism actually means. Baptism in the Bible is, really doesn't have to do with water as you think. But baptism in the Bible, this is actually what baptism is. It is that. Christ died, was buried, resurrected, went to heaven, paid for your sins. But how does, does that become your inheritance? God, by his spirit, takes you into Christ. So when you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, the same spirit that was in Christ, God will give you that spirit. So that everything that Christ won will become your own inheritance. Are you with me? So the spirit actually is the organic nature of God that immerses men into the reality of what Christ has done. Satan me one spirit. Satan me one spirit. Satan me one spirit. This is for by one spirit that we were baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free. And that by that same one spirit, we'll be made to drink. Ah. Meaning, the, the, the experience of the kingdom of God, the glory of the kingdom of God, the, the power, the adventure of the kingdom of God begins the day you start drinking. The day you start drinking, not at the three spots, but drinking spirits. <laughs> Holy spirits. Are you with me? This is so important. Let me give you the big one now. Romans 8 from verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Ah. This scripture was such a big icebreaker for me some years ago. Because then I used to say, when I pray and I feel high. You know, there's a way somebody will... Come like this and he's looking at you. He's looking lost. Say he's in the spirit. This guy is in the spirit. Leave him. Leave him. He's in the spirit. He says, you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. That means our access into the spirit is not when you are always lost. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God, you are in the spirit. Now see the next part. It says, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That means, from time to time, when we, rec we raise believers, or be people say they believe in Jesus Christ, we have to now start checking, do you have the Spirit? The signs of the Spirit. And it is replete over the scripture. For instance, Jesus says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Does that not sound like the things that the Holy Ghost, that the apostles are doing when they receive the Holy Ghost? If they drink any dirty things, you shall not harm them. All those type of stuff. 
the spirit. Tell me the spirit. Let's read on in that Romans 8 from verse 9. He says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you. King James says, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is alive because of righteousness. It's better put like this. The body may be dead because of sin. But the spirit will give it life because of righteousness. Actually, this verse is explaining the rapture. This verse is the rapture. Good. I like this transition. But if Christ be in you, although the body is dead because of sin. Listen, why did Adam die in the first place? Why did physical death come alive? It was because of the sin of Adam. Are you with me? He says, even though the physical body may die because of sin, at the coming of Christ, that same spirit, oh my God, that same spirit will put back that body together. Then see verse 11. He now says, if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. If the same spirit, if the same spirit, it will vitalize your mortal body. It shall quicken your mortal body. Actually, what this verse is talking about is at the coming of Christ. The bones of Christians may be everywhere, scattered everywhere. Do you remember when Christ rose up from the grave? The Bible says the graves of the saints in Israel opened. How can these graves open? People that have been dead long time ago, that's the power of the spirits. What the spirits can do. If the spirits can go thousand years and bring up people again, they stood up. The Bible says the graves opened and they were walking around in Israel. Is it that business that cannot come alive? If the, say after me, the same spirit. Oh, Shall glory. glory. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. Now, he's quickening people whose body were dead. How much more your body that is still alive? What is healing that cannot, be ha- that cannot happen? Which kind of sickness is too strong for this spirit? Wherever you are following me, receive your healing right now. 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 In the name of Jesus. Shall glory. Now, that means we enter the kingdom of God by the spirit. We express the kingdom of God by the spirit. And we will be raptured by the spirit. Are you not seeing the centrality of the spirit? So the next question is, how do I receive? Oh, how do I receive the spirit? How? How? How do I get it? Because now, to be born of the Spirit is the way to enter the kingdom of God. To, to, ex, to drink in the Spirit is the way to express the kingdom of God. To be raptured by the Spirit is the way we'll be taken when it comes. Oh, when we see scriptures like, when he shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. Do you know why you also appear with him? Because the same Spirit that is in him is in you. So when he appears in the sky... Colossians 3, let me rejoice a little bit. Colossians 3 from verse 1. Colossians 3 verse 1. Colossians 3 verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. This is one of the signs that you have the Spirit. If ye then be risen with Christ, you will seek those things which are above. If you are here and you don't even have a desire, no hunger, no passion for the things of God, there's a problem. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your affections on things above. Oh, not on things on the earth. Verse 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. How does this happen? It is the spirit. 
He makes us united with him. He says, in that day, you shall know that I am the father and you in me and I in you. How does that union happen? That organic union, where did it happen? By the Spirit. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Self that my life is hid with Christ in God. That means if the devil wants to attack me, he will hit God first. Then after he's done with God, he will face Christ. Then he will come at me before he meets me. Because my life is hid with Christ in God. Self that me, I'm above attacks. I'm above attacks. I'm above attacks. I'm above the work of the enemy. I have dominion over the devil. Because my life is hid with Christ. In God. Glory. Close your eyes and say, my life is hid with Christ. My life is hid with Christ. Sometimes I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Somebody may be saying, but pastor, are not Christians who are suffering all these things? It's because they don't know. And if they know, they have not embraced the consciousness. The devil does not play by the rules. He knows that this is what you are, but you will still come. He wants to see if you will emphasize. Kaya. He wants to see if you will stand your ground. He says, stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast. Do it fast. <laughs> ah, Kapaya. Ah. I remember those days trying to cast out devils. I will stay out. Out. Come out. Come out. So you say, we are not going. Until God showed me something. Let me tell you. The demons know when you know. They know when you know. See, how God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name was bowed. It was, I was watching Lester Sumrall and he was teaching about demonology. He said, let me tell you something. The power is not in your fasting. You must fast, but the power is not in it. See, he said, fasting helps to be conscious of what Christ has done. It helps your spirit man to embrace the reality and the fullness of what Christ has done. It keeps, ah. He said, let me tell you, emphasize on the name of Jesus. He said, when you go and you meet a demon, if the demon tells you you have not fasted, you have not done this, he said, stay on the name. There is power in the name, not you. He said, stay on the name. He said, he was rebuking a demon. And the demon was telling him, you are a witch, you are a witch. And he kept saying, out in the name of Jesus. Out in the name of Jesus. Christ is greater than you. And after like 30, 40 minutes of insisting on the name of just the girl fair, and the demon checked out. Seven days, power in the name. Maybe you are here going through a sickness. Keep saying, out in the name of Jesus. Out in the name of Jesus. Out in the name of Jesus. Satan, I believe, I believe, I believe. There is power in this house. Can you just pray in tongues one minute? Some of you, you need to say in the name of Jesus, Satan, take your hands off my finances. In the name of Jesus, I bring forth abundance. Oh, Sapana Capella. Some of you, you need to say in the name of Jesus, there is a way made for me. And let me tell you, when you emphasize on that name, the spirit goes to work. How do you receive the spirit? Or how do you become born again? We're asking the same question. John chapter 1, from verse 12. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. To become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13. Which were born. Are you seeing that now? So. As men that believe. He gave them power to become the sons of God. 
But let's put two verses together so you will see it clearly. Because you want to ask, okay, you give them power or the access or the right to become sons of God. But how exactly do you truly come into the sonship of God? So, can we open John 1 verse 12 at the same time, open Galatians 4 verse 6. And I'll read those two verses together and you'll see something. John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Read it, everybody. One, two, three, go. Now, Galatians 4 verse 6. Galatians 4 verse 6. Hold that them to become sons of God. Galatians 4 verse 6. Everybody read Galatians 4 verse 6. One, two, three, go. So, look at this. As many as received him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. And because you are sons... Are you seeing this? He has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. This is the baptism here. So, I believe in Jesus. I surrender to the gospel. And because you are sons, the spirit comes and makes that thing that happened legally to become your vital experience. Praise the Lord. So, what's the connection with all this? Remember yesterday we said the kingdom of God is wherever the will of God is done and established. Are you with me? So, when you believe in Jesus Christ, his death for your sins, his resurrection for your justification, God makes you his child legally. But how do you come into this real experience of God? It happens by the Spirit. So, the Spirit comes to establish the kingdom of God in you. Are you with me? And in this case, the Spirit of God is establishing the fact that you are a child of God. He's making you to experience it vitally. And in the process of doing that, he recreates you, makes you born again. But there is more to this. Just as the Holy Spirit establishes the will of God or the kingdom of God, that you are a child of God and you will truly experience the sonship of God, in the same way, the Holy Spirit will also establish every other thing in the kingdom. Are you with me? In this case, it is your being born again and your sonship. But when you receive the Spirit... That is just the beginning. The same way he makes you a child of God, establishing the will of God, is the same way the Holy Spirit will establish every other thing. So how does the will of God get established? By the Spirit. So that means the Holy Spirit comes to make real what God has done already in heaven. Are you with me? Follow me. Follow me. Let me read out something I wrote here to you. Now, if it is true that the Holy Spirit establishes the kingdom of God, it means that wherever the Holy Spirit is functional, the kingdom of God is there. Remember in the book of Genesis, in the beginning was the world. In the book of Genesis, earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Do you remember that story? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So, it was as though the Holy Ghost knew that God wants to say something, but the Holy Ghost moved first. As it were, God cannot even speak without the Spirit of God moving. That means, as a church, we must begin to revive and cultivate a hunger for the work of the Spirit in our lives. Why am I saying this? So many people have shut down the work of the Spirit. You, you meet somebody and ask him, do you pray in tongues? And he's like, eh. 
I'm not a Pentecostal. Who has said something like that? If it is true that this Holy Spirit is the one that establishes God's kingdom, then we must pay attention on how to activate his ministry, on how to increase his work in our lives. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because can I tell you something? Even if it is true that we have the Spirit, just like Jesus on that boat, Jesus can be in your boat, there can be storms around, but Jesus is sleeping inside. There are many people, in fact, the first sets, they have not even started. They have not received the Spirit. They have not been born again. Nothing. Some have received, but they don't take it serious. Everything is about to change. I said everything is about to change. 